Hello and good morning everyone, all those joining us on site and online, our siblings and friends. You know, this is another wonderful Sunday morning we gather together. All right. And today I'd like to make a special announcement at the beginning of our service. Today is a special Sunday because we are celebrating birthday for our July babies. So I'd like to uh, invite everyone who is online or even you are sitting here, you know of your friends or your cell group members who are having birthday on, in, in July to invite them to join us for this live streaming if they are not here, alright, online, alright, and or if yourself, you are having a birthday in July, right, stay with us until the end of the service and we will actually have a special prayer, a segment, right, for our July babies, alright, so don't forget to do that right now, you know, hands on text and then, hey, come join FCC live service now, alright, so as we are moving into the opening of our today's um, Sunday service to worship our God, Alright, recently in Singapore, right, we, fa- we have faced a little setback in our struggle against um, living with the COVID-19 pandemic, alright, which is actually, um, some of you may have, no- may-, may have known or our friends joining us from overseas, Singapore had a cluster going, you know, right, and as of Friday, we have 2,480 people quarantined uh, because of an outbreak at the um, KTV lounges that operated as f and um, uh, facilities or, or, or eateries. And I think from this episode, you know, like some of us may feel that, oh, man, it's okay, you know, like my life goes on. And for maybe some of us among our midst in our community, whereby you're actually struggling with personal misfortunes or personal loss, be it in your family, your job, your health, your finances, I think some of us may be having more stress and anxiety than the others. Or you know of friends and family who are actually struggling through personal um, challenges, all right? And it makes it even harder when it's in this climate, the pandemic climate, whereby it's a little harder for us to gather in persons, to reach out to one another, to be with one another. And I think as... Today's message, that one verse that came to my mind would be the Romans. Paul's mentioned in Romans 12, verse 3, says that God has given to each of us, allotted to each of us, a measure of faith. The faith that helps us to face each of our struggles, all right, the amount that we need to grow as we are faced with our personal challenges. So today, Myak will be sharing with us, you know, what it means to be Ecclesia, the church, and our relationship and how we should approach our faith. Alright? And so, for us to prepare our hearts uh, for a time of encountering God through worship and the Word, let us respond to the call to worship. Come, walk in green pastures. Come, lie down in green pastures. Trust the shepherd. Come, dine at the table of abundance. We are fed by the shepherd. Come, dwell in God's house. We live in the shepherd's care. Loving shepherd, you know our names, you care for us. When we are faced with darkness and death, walk beside us. When we hunger for your love 
Fill us with your presence. When we are fearful, feed us at your table. May we dwell in the the house of goodness goodness and mercy all the days of our lives. Amen. Amen. For us who are joining on site, though we cannot sing together, but I encourage you to, you know, like, meditate upon God's Word, the lyrics, or have you may raise your hand, or even to gently hum the tunes to encounter and worship our God. And for those who are joining us online, alright, join with our worship team with one voice and one heart to worship our Lord, our God.
Keep up. 
Will you join me in a word of prayer? Dear God who stills the seas and calms the storms, thank you for helping us to make it through this challenging year and more. Thank you for carrying us through the uncertainty of deep waters, through the flames of trials, and through the pain of losses. We're constantly aware of how much we need you, your grace, your strength, your power working through us even in the darkest days. Thank you for your reminder that both in seasons of celebration and in seasons of brokenness, you are here, right here with us. For you never leave us. And we thank you for your daily presence in our lives, that we can be assured that your heart is toward us, your eyes are over us, and your ears are open to our prayers. Thank you that you surround us with favour as with a shield, and we are safe in your care always. Lord, speak to us in the middle of our storms. Help us keep our gaze on you and learn to trust even when it's hard. Speak your peace into the hearts of those who are struggling in this season. Help us all to rest in you. In this time, we lift up those who are struggling with health issues, those who are experiencing grief, loss, and heartbreak. Those with young children who worry about their safety in a COVID world, and the many who are affected adversely by this pandemic. We think about how Jesus was able to sleep in the midst of the storm while all the disciples were frantic. Jesus, just as you were there with the disciples in the midst of the stormy seas, I know you are here with us, no matter what storms we may be in. And you will calm the storm when the time is right. Calm our hearts and draw us close to you in this time. You are our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. And therefore, we will not fear. We choose to press in close to you today and keep you first in our hearts and our lives. Help us to do whatever it takes to hear your still small voice in the midst of the storm. Help us lean in nearer, pay closer attention, and allow your presence and peace to fill our hearts. And we pray all this in your many names. Amen. Upon the water 
morning. Thank you for joining us uh, today for the Sunday service. And whether you're at home or online, as usual, we are using Menti as a way of engaging with you and building the sermon together so you can participate. So today's uh, code is 61906781. Um, you can log in to menti.com or you can scan the QR code and you can go there and you can join in the sermon. Will you join me in prayer? God, may the meditations of all our hearts and the words from my mouth be acceptable to you. Amen. So we are continuing our Ecclesia series. Last week I touched on grace and connected very closely with grace is faith. A few weeks ago, I came across a quote from the late Maya Angelou, an African-American poet and civil rights activist. And the quote is, every storm will run out of rain. I included it in the prayer during service that week, and it kept me afloat through the many things that have been going on both in my personal life and happening out in the world. I want to ask all of you, how many of you are facing storms in your life right now? And storms are you know, um, metaphor, it's not really like a storm right now, it's bright and sunny today. I'm glad <laughs> there is not a majority of you facing storms in your life. Um, you know, there's a large proportion of you who are saying, no, life is pretty good right now, you're okay, even though in this pandemic. Um, of course, looking at it, it's about two-thirds are struggling with storms, whether it's personal or impacted by the pandemic. The, the Bible is full of stories of storms. From the great flood in Genesis where it rained 40 days and 40 nights to the storm that Jesus calmed while the disciples freaked out when they were on the boat together in the Sea of Galilee. And the storm that shipwrecked the Apostle Paul when he was brought from, to Rome as a prisoner. And it's hard to think every storm will run out of rain when you're stuck in that storm. While we know it rained 40 days and 40 nights, Noah did not. He kept sending a bird out you know, to see if the water has receded, right? He didn't know when it would end in some ways. It is easy to have faith. It's not easy to have faith 
that the storm will run out of rain. We are quite blessed in Singapore and how storms look like in Singapore. It just rains and rains and maybe there is a ponding. But there are storms in other countries like typhoons and hurricanes that sweep away lives. It may not kill people, but entire life, their, whole ho their homes are swept away in that storm. Everything wrecked and destroyed. And there are storms that overwhelm. And when we are in those kind of storms, it's hard to believe that it will end. We might end before that storm ends. And just when we thought we are out of the woods for this pandemic, we have a few clusters popping out and we have more restrictions again. Fortunately, because of the vaccination rates, we are not back to where we were last year. It is not easy to have faith when we have been struggling for a while, months and even years, and nothing seems to change. Whether it is our mental health, constantly battling depression, self-doubt, self-hatred, or it is our physical health where illnesses continue to wear us down and we feel like we are a fraction of who we were. Or our search for employment, acceptance, community, and even love. Or the work of justice and restoration that we pour our hearts and our resources and our time into only to encounter disappointment after disappointment as the change we hope for, the change we are working for, don't come. And we just see more injustice, violence and oppression, more hate. That seems to be what is all over social media today. Maybe that's why we prefer to watch uh, cat videos, because well, who doesn't like cats, right? Rather than see the reality of what's going on, it's hard to have faith. And we may, like the disciples, react in fear and say, Lord, save us, we are going to drown. Jesus tells them, after calming the storm, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? And even though Jesus said that to his disciples, it is not something that I'll say to someone who's facing storms in their lives. I will not say that to you either. The disciples were eyewitnesses to Jesus healing people and performing miracles and have reasons for their faith. We don't have the same benefit and we are not Jesus. So instead of asking you, why are you so afraid? I want to offer in our perspective. And when you interact with people, or try to listen and support your friends or people around you who are going through difficult times, I really think that it's not a good idea to tell them, you know, why do you not have faith? That's a huge presumption, right? So, we will always be afraid. Faith isn't the absence of fear. Faith is trusting that things will be okay even when we fear, that God will be with us even through all these storms in our lives. Last week, when I talked about grace, I came across a video on, um, on the work of the people, which is a website, 
right? Where they have a lot of different authors, theologians, um, contributing to um, the videos and their ideas, right? And one of the videos was fe featured Bernay Brown, author of Daring Greatly, The Gifts of, Impact, uh, of Imperfection, The Power of Vulnerability. Um, Pauline and I are big fans, of, big fans of hers, and her ideas about vulnerability um, has infused a lot of what we do and how we try to do, um, how we are growing in that. She says something that was quite interesting about grace. And she said, she quoted a line from the hymn Amazing Grace, and grace has taught my heart to fear. Now, Amazing Grace is the first hymn, okay, Second, the first is Jesus Loves Me, this I know. The second Christian hymn that I memorized by heart. I knew how to sing it without looking at lyrics. Okay, maybe not nowadays, um, but maybe 10, 20, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, I could really sing it by heart. Right? And I have not considered this line from the hymn. But now looking at it, doesn't it sound a little weird? Grace teaching you to fear? Doesn't make sense, right? You know, all through the Bible, we have been told, do not be afraid. And here it says, grace has taught my heart to fear. We often sing hymns and worship songs without realizing what we are singing. And I think sometimes we need to really pay attention. And that's why I have some objections to some of the songs. Right? Because they might project a certain theology that might not be helpful. Bernie Brown said this phrase, when she talked about this, she made me sit up. What does, that, what does this mean really? Grace taught my heart to fear. Grace, isn't fear something we need to overcome? Something we should not have? You know, Jesus asked right, after stilling the storm, why do you, are you afraid? How on earth does grace teach us to fear? Bernie Brown explains, grace taught me how to be afraid. And I appreciate that her insight. Fear is a primal emotion. It is a part and parcel of who we are. It is a survival mechanism. And the mechanism behaves something like this. We perceive a threat, and this could be physical or mental, and this trigger activates our amygdala, you know, part of our, this part of our brain. And it's like an alarm bell, right? Then the adrenaline is released, our heart rate goes up, we breathe faster, and the oxygen, the extra oxygen go, makes us more alert and more ready to react to danger, to the perceived threat. And this response it, is automatic. Right? When you see something flying at you at the corner of your eye, you will dodge without even identifying what is flying at you. It might be just uh, a trick of light in some way. And this is the fight and flight or flight response. In the natural world, fear helps animals and human beings survive dangers, escape from predators, and deal with threats. But when it comes to living in human society, fear, instead of helping us, can often become an obstacle. 
we don't know how to be afraid. We, we are uncomfortable with fear. When we experience fear, we react like how our primal uh, instincts are trained to react. Fight or flight. We either become avoidant or angry and, or antagonistic. And this is quite well summarized, right? The typical reactions and stress is the trigger, right? We might fight, we get irritated, we get defensive, we get hostile, we get volatile. And then flight is we avoid, we delay, we're anxious, we're withdrawn, we withdraw. Just like what Pauline talked about two weeks ago about conflict. No, this is the flight response is where our avoidance comes from. We avoid conflict because conflict is a threat, right? And of course, there is the other response, freeze. Like the deer, you know, when, when some of you might hear of the phrase, you know, like a deer in headlights, right? You know, when deer see the headlight of a car coming, they actually freeze. Instead of move, running away, they freeze, and then often car accidents happen. So we get numb, we get apathetic, we get detached, we get paralyzed when we experience fear. And this is something that we need to think about and be aware of because this happens to all of us. You cannot stop it. It's part and parcel of our survival mechanism. It's inbuilt in our limbic system. That's how it works. Bernay Brown says, are you still afraid of the dark? And she says, yes, I'm still afraid of the dark. But grace has taught my heart to fear. I used to not know how to be afraid. I used to be in fear. I used to, in fear, get perfect, get controlling, get blaming, get mean, run. I would do anything I could do. We don't know how to be afraid. I, and she says, I don't know any teacher as capable as Grace when it comes to learning how to be in fear. Grace isn't what makes you unafraid. It is the thing that whispers, you know how to be afraid. It's okay. You can be afraid. And she adds, the most meaningful things I've ever done in my life, personally or professionally, have all been born of fear and vulnerability. Every talk that I've given was, that was important, every book I've written Deciding to have kids, birthing those kids, raising those kids. It's all scary, but grace has taught my heart to fear. The point is, trusting God. Faith is about trusting God and knowing how to be afraid. Not allowing that fear to control us, or behave in un unhelpful ways to respond to that fear. Bernie Brown describes it as get perfect, get controlling, get blaming, get mean, run. The reactions, avoiding or becoming defensive or the flight, flight or freeze responses, those are not helpful. Grace teaches us how to be in fear, 
And so even when we are feeling those feelings, we can still act and behave differently. Instead of avoiding conflict, we recognise what we need to deal with. We engage. And this is a journey for all of us. This journey for me. I am still learning. Pauline and I both have conflict-avoidant uh, personalities in some way, some dimensions. You might see that I like conflict, but I actually don't. Right? There are times that I'd rather pretend that it's not there and not do anything. Avoidant. So when we are... One of the common ways of how we respond to fear is try to control. Control people, situations or things. Because having control gives us a sense of security and certainty. But you know what? In life, what are the things that you can you really control? Not much. Control is an illusion. But probably the only thing that we control is ourselves. And even that is limited. We cannot, we cannot control this flight or fight or freeze reaction. We can control how we act after that, those feelings, but those feelings will still come. That's the point that grace has taught my heart to fear. The fear is still there, but I can act and can react with grace. I may feel defensive. That feeling is still there when someone confronts me with something, you know, like, I didn't like what you did. You know, I didn't like what you say. I disagree with you. Last week, the sermon was really long and I re recognised it myself. And the reaction was, there was a part of me that reacted defensively within. But grace has taught my heart to fear that I can recognise, hey, this is a response of fear and I can choose to behave differently. I accepted the comments, reflected on it and go, yeah, it was a bit too long. I didn't realise that reading everybody's answers on the screen really lengthened the sermon by another 15, good 15 minutes. And I will, I will think about how I, I, I weave in those questions and use easier questions like yes-no questions rather than the long questions. But that is the kind, that's learning to have the grace within. Grace has taught my heart to fear. And fear, doubt, uncertainty are difficult feelings. And most of us would rather avoid dealing with them. And sometimes we want to do something to distract us from them or do something to make them go away. We want to act because at least we're doing something, right? But sometimes doing any, there's nothing that we can do to change the circumstance. And that's when we need to learn how to accept. Because really, if we think about it, we actually want to control the outcome. And if you dig a little deeper, controlling the outcome is wanting and insisting that our will be done. Not God's will, but our will be done. So instead of wanting to control the outcome, the opposite is surrender. And surrender requires faith. When we pray, 
Well, this is how Jesus taught us to pray, right? Your will be done on heaven as on earth. Your will be done. God's will, not our will. And when we pray, yes, there are times that we'll ask for the things that we hope. Ask for things that we need. Ask for things that will sustain us. Just now when I was sitting there, I was actually meditating on the stained glass. And for those of you who are physically present here, it's actually quite uh, interesting, interesting that you can think that you can do. Because when I was looking, I saw many storms in the stained glass panels. Um, we have Noah's Ark. And then we have some, you know, we have many storm clouds. And then you can see the progression and there are rainbows. And learning that God is with us through that. After the 40 days and 40 nights of storm, there was the rainbow. I want to share a little story that I've shared before, for some of you might know. Um, a long time ago, when I was, um, long before I was a pastor, uh, I took a, the driving test, right? And, of course, I, I prayed beforehand, lah, you know. You know, you don't want to repeat the test many times. But I was not focused on the outcome. I didn't pray to pass the test. I prayed for God to be with me. I prayed for calmness. I prayed for the ability to accept the outcome. You know, I'll try my best, right? I'll focus, but I don't want to control the outcome. And I was at peace. Not that I drove perfectly, right? I, I didn't have a perfect pass, but I actually, I passed. Yeah, I didn't make that many mistakes because I wasn't so obsessed with the outcome that I get anxious about it. Sometimes when we get so obsessed about outcomes, when things don't go the way we want, we get even more anxious. When we make a mistake, in the, you know, when I make a mistake, I will go, oh no, I made a mistake and I'll be obsessing about a mistake and I'll make even more mistakes after that. And life is like that too. There are many times in my life where I enter into situations which I have no idea how to handle. I'm totally, this is totally new territory for me. Whatever those situations are, I don't focus on the outcome. I focus and I always pray for God to be with me, to guide me, for calmness. And that requires trusting. That requires faith. And I want to make this connection between faith and beliefs. Sometimes people make faith to be all about dogma, doctrines, or beliefs. You must believe X, Y, Z, then you're really a Christian. But is that really faith? Does faith mean you have to agree or with the dogma, with the doctrines, with the beliefs, with a whole long list of things? Or is it something else? Because having faith in Jesus isn't about agreeing to a set of doctrines or dogma or beliefs. People become obsessed with orthodoxy, having the right beliefs, because that is the way they think that they can control. 
But when we tease away the layers, this obsession actually has to, is more about being right and less to do with having faith and having the discomfort with uncertainty and fear. Obsessing about what being right can distract us and help us avoid fear. It can also be a way, an attempt to feel that we are in control so that the fear goes away. But Jesus didn't invite us to be assent to or agree with a set of beliefs, a whole long list of things, but to have faith in Him. And having faith in Jesus is about trust. Having faith in Jesus is about trusting God, trusting in God's character, that God is loving, God is good, God is just, and God is with us. How many of you have done the trust fall before? The one where you fold your arms and you stand on a chair and you fall backwards and then uh, uh, people be, uh, you know, standing behind will catch you when you fall. How many of you have you done that? Yeah, we did that during one of our retreats, right? That's the one I remember. But I, it was so long ago that I was a bit... I, I didn't know whether it was a fact or not. You know, it was in my head. And I remember I did not fall properly. You're supposed to stand straight and fall flat down. That is trusting. But when you don't trust, you actually let your bum fall backwards first. Because that's a natural reaction to protect your head. Your body reacts so that you protect the most important part of your, head, uh, of your body, the head. So I fell, but I didn't trust. I just, yeah, my bum... You know, went in first, you know, it wasn't a straight fall. But that's faith. That's, that's just faith, what faith in God looks like, you know, a good symbol or metaphor, that we surrender and we trust that God will catch us, that they, God will not let us go. Just like in the trust fall, you trust the people standing around you to catch you. It is about surrendering and letting go. I never did it right. And I can tell you, if we try to do that again, I'll still not get it right. To this day, I cannot dive in a pool properly. My legs will always go in first. You know, even though I've been swimming for so long, I have not been able to dive you know, the hand in. Because I don't trust. I'm still afraid. But that's okay. How I hope that that kind of fear doesn't translate into my personal life. And if it does, I need to be aware and grow in that. I need to learn how to trust. Letting go and surrender. Let go of being in control. Let go of wanting to control the outcome. All people, all the situation. Because when we want to control the outcome or people, we're actually wanting to be God. I really appreciate what Bernie Brown says, right? The most meaningful things I've ever done in my life, personally or professionally, have been born out of fear and vulnerability. How about you? The very important things in your life, the job interview, a presentation, 
you know, meeting, you know, going on a first date, you will have that fear, right? You have that feeling, you know, that a lot of things is at stake. And that's okay. Because everything we do, we should be doing it having fear. Because it's as important and significant. And in Singlish, we cannot anyhow, anyhow. If something is important to you and you don't feel afraid, you're really not serious about it. And it resonates with what Paul writes in Philippians um, chapter 2, verse 12. Therefore, my friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Even though we have faith, we will fear. And that's okay. But even when we have faith, there will be times we'll feel also like giving up. Like those who were on the ship with Paul in Acts chapter 27, when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and the storm continued raging, we finally gave up all hope of being saved. Looking at the heat wave causing raging wildfires in North America and killing more than one billion sea creatures along the Vancouver coast that might lead to the, the collapse of the marit maritime ecosystem there, the floods in Germany, Belgium and Netherlands right now with 80 dead and hundreds missing, the landslides and floods in northern India due to the heavy monsoon and the upcoming um, typhoon season. I wonder how we'll get through this storm of climate change. Are we too late? And then the pandemic, while we're in Singapore, we, the vaccination rates are high, we are pretty safe. The, the situation in Indonesia and Myanmar is just going crazy. And coupled with the current political situation in Myanmar, all the medical supplies are not getting to the people. They are struggling. And this storm doesn't seem to... We don't see the end of the storm for them. How do we have faith then? Having faith here is trusting that everything will be okay in the end. It's trusting that our work is not in vain. It's trusting that God is with us, even in the storm. Having faith means even though we don't see the end, we will still, the things that we work, we pour into, it will bear fruit one day. This is what we bring as Ecclesia. Even as we work for social justice, social, social transformation, equality, restoration, we have faith that one day there will be shalom. We may not be the ones who enjoy the fruits of our labour. We may not be the ones who will manage to overcome climate change. But we have to do something. We need to remember the fruits that we enjoy now are the fruits of the labour of those who have come before us. We didn't get here on our own. 
It is the labour of those who have come before us that helped us get here. And so, as church, we need to think about what we are called to do as well. As church, we cannot give up hope. I want to ask you, as church, do we react in similar ways as individuals to fight or flight or even freeze? As a church, do we behave in similar ways? Because remember, I was talking about fear as an inbuilt thing in our brains, as individuals, as survival. But do we behave the same way as an organisation, as a community, as a people of faith? Do you think that we also read? All the time, we avoid conflict internally and externally. Mm -hmm. Of course, I'll add, there needs to be some discernment. Lah. Sometimes, avoid, you know, when we, well, sometimes when we wait, right, it's not avoiding, but waiting to an appropriate opportunity to do what we need to do. We avoid conflict as a community norm. Ding. Avoidance, being defensive, judgmental. Yes. As much as we want to first realize everyone's equal, we can be judgmental still, right? Yes, even as an entity, we are run by humans. So the church is also a flawed. Our actions, our behaviors can also be flawed because we are not perfect. The constituents, us, are not perfect. Therefore, the church doesn't behave perfectly either. We keep the peace somehow and somehow through avoiding, maybe somehow through avoiding conflict. And peace may not be the right thing, right? Peace rather than shalom. We apologize and reconcile conflicts with discussions. Individuals react differently. It's hard to be acting as one and many vote with their feet, with their feet uh, while someone to fight. Mm. Keeping peace and harmony is more important than dealing with conflict. Yes, defending our theological beliefs very forcefully when there's a conflict. I think that we often react defensively, aggressively as a church, right? Whether internally or externally. And sometimes we are avoidant. And sometimes we freeze. Sometimes we are afraid of getting in trouble. So we stop being the church. So we may avoid or delay in engaging the work that might be unpopular or speak out because we are afraid of repercussions. But that isn't trusting God or following Jesus. And sometimes it is not the avoiding behaviour, it's the fighting behaviour that's problematic, right? The fight reaction is not helpful either. There are occasions we get triggered 
And one of the things that I remember you know, in recent times um, was the letter, the open letter that was sent to us right, by someone on Facebook or written addressed to us that Pauline and I both chose not to respond to. Right? Um, and we didn't respond to it because we didn't think that that's the wise decision. It's not avoidant. Because it will just continue perpetuating. You know, I don't think we will end up agreeing or being on the same page. And really, that person's intentions was also not exactly... Um, how would I say? Uh, it might not be a helpful... You know, it, might, it might not be helpful to dignify that letter with a response. And instead of reacting, we allowed our initial feelings to subside. Of course, I was pissed when I read the letter. And waiting for the fight or flight response to pass and realize and think and want to respond from a state of grace. How is the best way to respond to this? And the best way was not to respond directly, but to speak to the community at large, right? We did respond, but not to the letter. We respond by putting up statements and addressing some of the points that were raised in the letter in a on a different platform. Sometimes that would be the wise thing to do, to wait, to wait for the limbic response, the fear, the, 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 the triggered response to subside before acting. But sometimes we should not wait until we no longer fear to do the risky and edgy work. And I'll ask this question, who were we as FCC? I'll always remember that in 2006, when there was the penal code review, right, three people from FCC, well, the leadership came around and decided that we should respond. And we submitted a position paper to push for the decriminalization of Section 377A. And Douglas, Joshua and George worked on that paper. Right? We collaborated with other civil um, society organisations I'm particularly aware because we wanted to also address other areas in the, in the um, penal code review as well. But we realised that that's kind of out of our depth. We agree with the position. We would rather endorse their paper and they endorse ours than we um, doing, you know, distracting ourselves or doing something that actually we are not, um, we are not good at. So they were writing a paper on marital rape, right? and criminalising marital rape. And while we worked on decriminalising 377A, and we submitted to reach.gov.sg, that was the open channel, right? And we cross-endorsed each other. We all know 377A still stands. But in the recent years, marital rape is now criminalised. It took more than a decade to get there. And we'll continue to do that work. So to think about what other risky, edgy work that we as a community is, are, is called to do and engage in, the work of justice, the work of love, the work of compassion, so that we don't wait until we are not afraid, 
We don't wait and we don't avoid because we are afraid of repercussions to engage, to participate, to follow Christ. And this applies not just as a church, but also in our personal lives. We cannot wait till we are not afraid till we act. Because we'll always be afraid. Then we'll end up doing nothing. So in the storms that you're facing, or in the things that we are called to do for love, for justice, for compassion, I'm not telling you not to be afraid, but to have faith. And to allow grace to teach your heart to fear, to trust. To have faith in what? To trust what? To have faith in God and trust God. And to trust that every storm will run out of rain. Whether it is in your personal life, whether it is in what we are going through, the entire world is facing the pandemic, or it is the struggles as a society about racism, violence, all the isms and phobias, that there will come a day when all this is over. But it requires us to participate as church. Not without fear, but with fear, with faith, knowing God will be with us and trusting that we can be a church and there will be sunshine after the rain. Amen. And now will you join me in a time of Holy Communion? We gather here each Sunday at this table. Even though at this time we are not all physically together, the table of God's feast transcends time and space because God's love transcends all boundaries. So this table recognizes no boundaries. Here at FCC, we celebrate an open table. And this means you do not have to meet any criteria. You do not have to be a member of FCC. You don't have to be baptized. You only need to recognize that God's grace is sufficient. Good Shepherd, we take your care for granted. In the midst of your many blessings, we complain of not having enough. In the presence of danger, we fail to trust your abiding love. When you set the table before us, we turn aside from you. Call us back into your fold and help us trust your caring presence and provision that our actions may proclaim your truth. Together, should goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives. God forgives our failures and calls us back into the flock. Loving God, our good shepherd, we are the sheep of your pasture. You know us by name. We offer grateful thanks for your loving care. Open our hearts and minds to the guiding of your Spirit in our lives. 
Lead us in right paths, that we may serve you in truth and action. Amen. God prepares the table for us, offering us a feast of abundant love. Our cups overflow with the bounty of grace, for our shepherd knows us as no one else can. Restoring our souls, healing our brokenness, nourishing us with cup and bread for the life of ministry. Remember how Jesus, our shepherd, took bread. And after giving thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples, saying, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup of the supper, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. May I invite the stewards to come forward so you can help to distribute the elements to those who are present here on site. And for those of you who are back home or watching us online, please... Um, Go ahead and prepare some elements um, on your side so that we can partake together once everyone is served. So for those of you who may be new uh, with us today, um, the elements are being distributed to you by our stewards. Uh, do not reach out for it. They will uh, offer it to you uh, in view of uh, safety regulations. Um, just hold on to your elements and we will partake of it together after everyone is served. Come to the table and feast with the shepherd. Let us partake of these communion elements together with thanksgiving.
May I invite you to stand as you're willing and able as we pray the prayer of communion together. God of God love, of love you abide with us. Your, your loving presence fills us. You provide us with all that we need in abundance. Help us love one another in truth and action. Help us give of ourselves to those in need. Help us care for others the way our shepherd cares for us. May our lives reflect our wholehearted trust in our shepherd's everlasting love and care. Amen. Please be seated. Hi everyone, and welcome home once again. Thank you, Pauline, for leading us uh, in communion earlier, and thank you, Miak, for the sermon, the message. I help. I hope it has been helpful to those who are listening in, and I like to uh, invite you, those who are online or even on site. You know, if the message has been very helpful to you, and it brings meaning and some hope in terms of your struggles with your fear and anxiety in this period of time, do like our video. Alright, by pressing the like button or subscribing to our channel and also sharing it with friends and family um, that people you know they may, may benefit from the message. Alright, so welcome once again to Free Comedy Church. We are actually, um, um, so, sorry, free stands for First Realize Everyone's Equal. And for those joining us online, you are, maybe you are just first um, one or two times with us or you're newly joining us watching in for the first time, we really like to know you, serve you better, all right, and reach out to you to connect with you. All right, so help us to stay in touch by going to fcc.la slash fccwelcome. All right, this will help us to, uh, to have some information on you and maybe our pastors or our church staff will reach out to you. All right, so for the next segment, Alright, we are going into worship and encountering God with our thanksgiving and our offering. So, FCC is purely running um, by the kind contribution and offering of our congregation and friends and people in the community. So, we have actually two buckets of funds. One would be the general uh, fund, alright, as you can see on, the screen, on your screen, uh, on your left-hand side. That goes into the, the, the month-to-month operations and expenses of the church. And for the FCC building fund, all right, that goes into paying down the mortgage of the church that helps us to continue to create a space of inclusion. All right, and for, for all people, regardless of you know, your background, this really says space for you to encounter the divine. All right, so you can give to us by going to pay now. Right? Take out your phones and you can scan the QR codes. Alright, um, if you are first time giving to us, in the description, you might want to leave your uh, name. That is just purely for our accounting purposes, so that we are accountable for our receiving. Or if you are giving, or if you are giving by a credit card, please visit us as, at freecomchurch.give.asia. So before I invite the stewards to come forward to take out the offering for those who are on site, right, I'd like to invite all of us to join me in a time of prayer of thanksgiving. The all-surrendering God, we thank you for the love that you have given to us. You have emptied yourself. You are a God of kenosis. 
because you have emptied yourself, you became all in all. And your spirit fills all of creation and us. We thank you, God, for this love, for the love that you have filled um, us with. And everything that we received, the physical, and in, the tangible and intangible blessings that we have, are, and they are an incarnation of your love. So Lord, help us as a church to be love incarnate, to be Christ incarnate, that we may partner with you to bring about shalom, wholeness to the lives of those around us and in this world. So God, I pray that you continue to walk with us on this journey, that you sustain us, give us hope when we are despairing, walk with us through the darkest time and help us to walk with one another with your spirit and love. In Jesus' name we pray, Amen. Right? May I invite the stewards to come forward to take up the offering for those who are giving um, physical offering, like you are taking out cash, you may just raise your hand and our stewards come to you. Um, yeah, well, so come to you to take up your offering, to receive your offering. Thank you. So, for the next part of our announce announcement, alright, we have a very short announcement today. Number one, alright, all you see today, alright, they are brought to you by our lovely volunteers who serve, you know, uh, many of you have come forward, right? We, there are actually a lot of positions to be filled. And really very heartened to see the enthusiasm that many of you have shown, like zero knowledge, in terms of technical knowledge, but you have a willing heart to serve, right? And many people can attest that, you know, like, you, know, you don't have to jump into the water first time round. We actually have a very structured volunteer training program. And even if you are not, like, maybe not sure whether you want to be involved in the Sunday production ministry to bring the good news to the world, all right, you can still reach out to us and we are more than happy to give you a tour around our production site in the hive, whether it's the, the production is going on, or uh, talk to the, uh, the camera um, operators who operates our camera for that ministry during our Sunday service. So do not hesitate to reach out to us. If you, are, if you just want someone to talk to, to find out more about it, just email us at info at freecomchurch.org. Alright? So next, if you are... I think just bring to the back. Can just bring to the back. Alright? So if you are 30 and below, alright, good news for you. Hmm. Okay, I, I can't say that for myself. Alright? So if, however, if you are in our community, whether you are joining us remotely, you are in Singapore or beyond, we'd like to welcome you and invite you to connect with our youths. Alright, so that the more connection that we have, we support one another on our, along our faith journey of growth. So our youth meetings are happening twice a month. Please reach out to Elvin. Alright, you can email to Elvin, a leader of our youth group, by uh, this email address, fccyouthleader at googlegroups.com. Alright, that's fccyouthleader at googlegroups.com. If yourself, you are above 30, but you know of someone who might... Um, it would be good for them to connect with our youth group. You can share this email or cap screen capture this slide and forward it to them. All right? So we look forward to those below 30 joining our youth group. Okay, last but not least, we, we come to the next segment. Dang! Right, you're wondering how come like, 
it, for those on site, right, how it looks like that? Okay, so actually, it's, actually, it's a green screen. So I'm standing in front with these little things, decorations happening around me. And we are, although we cannot like sing Happy Birthday song, but I'd like to invite every one of us on site to give a round of applause, a clap, right, to wish our July babies a happy birthday. Alright? So not all, not all are names, but some of them are actually here. As you can see, actually, mm, I was like preparing the slide. Say, hey, many of them are actually on our production and our worship ministry. So thank you so much for these members who are actually serving. And so maybe wondering, like, people in, born in July, uh, musical talents. Right? So, uh, for those who are uh, online, right, um, you know, don't out your friend, right? If you know your July babies, don't even type their names uh, without their acknowledgement. However, if you have no friends, right, who are having July, um, birthday in July, maybe you just like to have a click on a little cake emoticon or a love emoticon to show your love to them. But more importantly, don't just type on the, face, uh, on the YouTube chat. Personally, send them a text to wish them your well wishes and bless them. Or even better, invite them over to your house to, to have a meal uh, if it's convenient. Because tomorrow onwards, only two person can dine in. <laughs> right? So, for the next month, right, we, for, for, for I think every third week of the, of the month, we are celebrating birthday. So, in July, uh, sorry, in August, we will have another round of birthday segment for our August babies. And if you want your name, maybe you want to reach, um, you know, like if you want the names to appear, right? Uh, but you're you not in our members list. I think we can also accommodate to that. You can just send your names to your cell group leaders and your cell group leaders will uh, pass the name to the, the production ministry for, that, for your name to be included, alright? So you can also put in pseudonym if you are um, sensitive to your personal information, alright? So now, right, with this beautiful frame, I'm going to pass over the time and to Pauline and invite her to pray, to lead us in a prayer of blessing, right, upon our July babies. Pauline, please. So will you join me in prayer as we pray for all of our July babies, both those who are on screen who and also those who are not on screen. Okay, let's pray. Dear God, we are so thankful for our very talented and gifted siblings the ones that you have gifted to us in this community. Those who are our members, those who are friends, those who join us in this congregation, those that we know and those that we don't know as well, or who may be joining us online. And God, I know you see each one. Each one is so precious to you. I think about those um, that we do know, those who have blessed us with their presence, with their gifts, with all that they are. God, help us as a community to help them to continue to thrive and to grow in this uh, environment. Help us to love one another better. And I pray for each one who's celebrating a birthday this month, that God, you will shower upon them the blessing of your presence, the, your wisdom, your joy, your love, each and every day. That as they look to you, that you will continue to draw them closer to your heart and that you will fulfill all the desires of their heart as they seek after you. And so, God, I thank you for them. I lift them up all into your hands, asking that you take care of each one and their loved ones as they celebrate this very special reminder that they were created wonderfully, fearfully uh, in you and by you. And so, God, we lift them up to you. Thank you for them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And now for those of you who are here present uh, at the service, will you rise as you're willing and able as I pray the prayer of benediction.
God, we admit that we get scared sometimes. But God, it is your grace that teaches us how to fear and how to have faith in times when it's scary. And so God, grant us your courage, grant us faith, grant us your grace and your love to step out always because it's the very important things in life that truly requires us to step out in faith. And so now go, go as people of faith, as the church that's been called to God's love, to God's goodness, to God's justice in this world, as you step out to work in this work of restoration. And so now go, and may God's peace and love and grace go with you always. Amen. So please be seated. And for those of you who are here and those of you who are online, thank you so much for joining us this Sunday uh, for service and for worship. And please join us again. And so for those of you who are here, uh, remember you can just uh, dispose of your communion elements just at the door in the bin as you leave. And we just want to wish you a very blessed week ahead. God be with you.